Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Hi, and uh, thanks for joining. I'm Perry Boring, the founder and president of the Chamber of Digital Commerce. And uh, today we're going to talk about a special project called Crypto for Congress. Um, with me is Guy Hirsch from eToro and Taras Kulik from Core Scientific. Thanks for joining, guys. Thanks for the invitation, Thank Perry so if you haven't heard, we launched a very special project uh, just yesterday called Crypto for Congress. Um, this is a project that we've been wanting to do for years and we've been planning for months and it, it, it launched uh, Monday morning. And uh, the, the idea behind this was to put cryptocurrencies in the hands of our elected leaders. Um, so Crypto for Congress, uh, first and foremost, is an educational initiative uh, of the Chamber of Digital Commerce. And we are seeking to provide congressional candidates from all parties a hands-on experience with blockchain technology. And the purpose of Crypto for Congress is to raise awareness of and expand access to blockchain technology while broadening participation in the political process. So I'll tell you a little bit about what we actually did, and then um, uh, we'll have a quick chat here with Taras and Guy about uh, kind of behind the scenes what actually happened. So we, we have provided a contribution in Bitcoin to every single member of Congress's campaign. Um, and the reason why we wanted to do that was to provide another educational resource to members of Congress. Um, so for those of you who are familiar with the Chamber of Digital Commerce, we're a nonprofit um, blockchain trade association located in Washington, D.C., and we work with the government to help them understand this technology, and we are promoting policies that uh, promote the acceptance and use of digital assets and blockchain technologies. And there's a lot of rules around how you can engage with government officials. And there's all sorts of gift rules about giving things of value to people that work in government. So we've spent a lot of time you know, holding briefings. We've issued a number of reports and white papers. Um, but I think as we all know and understand that the best way to learn something new, especially when it comes to technology, is to use it for yourself. And so being able to put this technology in the hands of people who work within government, it's something that uh, we really couldn't do um, before today. And so giving a contribution to someone's campaign it, for the first time has allowed every member of Congress to interact with this technology and to learn more about it. Um, so every member you know, is, is being provided a contribution in Bitcoin and then we've also provided some educational resources to show them how to use it, how to leverage this technology to expand participation in the project, um, to, to, how to expand participation in the political process, um, and, and how to um, uh, uh, general educational information about how to join and engage in the cryptocurrency ecosystem. Um, so th that's what we uh, you know, uh, was looking to do um, with Crypto for Congress. Um, we have 15 corporate sponsors, um, Core Scientific and eToro um, are two of them. Um, guys, just kind of opening, opening this up for discussion from your perspective, 
what do you think was the most important thing um, for, for us to accomplish in, in Crypto for Congress? And uh, why is this initiative important to you? Well, I mean, uh, to take a first crack, I think uh, one of the reasons why the core scientific team was really excited to be part of the process uh, was because this, I think from everyone that I talked to, we created the very first verifiably made in USA Bitcoin. Um, you know, we had over one exahash uh, pointed at a pool that was provided by one of our great partners on the technology side, Luxor, uh, based out of the US with servers in the US um, and no transactions from anything else. It was an empty block. And at the end of the day, you can literally go onto the blockchain forever we stamped it with a really cool header, which, you know, if you can find it, you'll really appreciate it. But this is truly made in USA BTC. So uh, the novelty of that and being able to have the infrastructure in place to do such a thing was for core, you know, a testament to where the North American mining ecosystem is really going. Um, whereas before, you really couldn't run a pool that could win a BTC block in the United States, uh, I guess, for the past you know, half a decade since uh, China really has been taking a lead um, on the infrastructure side. Uh, so for us to be able to do that, to win that special block, uh, and then to be able to use that for the PAC's purposes of donating to the members of Congress, I mean, that uh, really is something special. Yeah, this was special Bitcoin. So we felt like if we're going to go, you know, go, go this extra mile and, you know, provide this resource to, uh, you know, congressional candidates, how do we uh, uh, really help show and demonstrate the vibrancy of the blockchain industry? So we really wanted to highlight companies that have infrastructure in the United States. And so uh, the Bitcoin that was provided to the congressional candidates um, was mined in the United States by Core Scientific um, and our partners um, at, at Luxor. And uh, not only was the Bitcoin mined here, but we also can verify its transaction history. So if, if people have any questions about, well, where did this Bitcoin come from? We can show them how the technology works, how you can trace those transactions and how they can see that they came straight from the blockchain to the Chamber's pack to the candidates. Uh, and they can learn you know, a little bit more about the technology by having the opportunity to see that. So that was a really special part about uh, what we're doing. Yeah, I think, uh, Perry Ann, you mentioned it may have been the very first time you saw miners, live miners being turned on and then hash rate ratcheting up once we actually got our uh, fleet going. Uh, so, I mean, it's not just educating to members of Congress, but the general ecosystem as well. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, what you think is going on in BTC or Bitcoin or digital assets as a whole is a black box. But for us to be able to lift, open the veil, um, I think it's going to be very useful and educating for a lot of these folks who, to them, this is a very stigmatized, you know, dark web part of uh, the ecosystem or value transactions. And by providing this type of transparency with very good enterprise players that everything is verified, and they can look on their own, uh, I think is a really great testament for where this is going again. Yeah, one of the things we highlighted in those educational materials is 14% of all Bitcoin mining is here in the United States. So it is important to note that there is a, a vibrant ecosystem, a vibrant industry, 
um, in companies to help you know, demystify who these people are who are working in this space. I feel like a lot of people who work in government, they you know, all they know about our industry is what they read in the news, which may yeah. be very positive. Exactly. So to be able to provide them a more positive experience um, with this technology um, and help us kind of take control of that dialogue and bring more positive connotations to our space is, um, is deeply needed and I think will help um, get more support for our industry you know, throughout, um, you know, throughout the policy community. Yeah, I, I mean, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I know. I, I, I was going to say, Guy, guy what, what, what do you think? I mean, what, what do you think was, um, you know, really the, you know, wh why was this campaign important to you and to, to eToro? You guys are one of the title sponsors of this campaign, and you personally have been a big supporter of this, uh, serving on the steering committee um, as well. Uh, so what, what, did, what, what were the big takeaways for you? So first, I love the words, you know, Bitcoin made in the USA. It's just, uh, it's just music to my ears. Um, yeah, my background for it too. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, uh, you know, money is at the heart of 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 everything. Money is is so foundational to society, to how uh, how we operate, how we interact with each other, how we interact with our friends, with our families, with government. Um, and it, it's just at the heart of everything. And we, as an industry, are involved in transformational capabilities that, that, will, that will transform that. It, it will change money. It will change how money changes hands or changes servers. And um, what we ought to do is to make sure that government feels that it's, it's, on, it's on the right side of history uh, by supporting it. Uh, it's very easy for uh, some of uh, members of Congress to have a knee-jerk reaction to all sorts of edge cases and, you know, news uh, about all sorts of hacks and bad actors and uh, have a knee-jerk reaction that will basically just slow us down. I think what we're working on is inevitable, but it would slow us down. And so I think it's vital for us to be able to educate and uh, promote freedom, promote uh, accessibility, promote everything that um, Bitcoin and other uh, uh, cryptocurrency projects are bringing to uh, every, every person in America, whether they, they, uh, they know it or not. Uh, but this will affect all of our lives. And I think it's important, it's incumbent upon companies like us to uh, make sure that we are uh, playing a part in, in providing the, the, the information to members of Congress so that they will make the U.S. a leader in this space and, and not, not, a, uh, not lagging behind. Uh, the U.S. is still the world's uh, financial capital. The, this is the, still the most important market. Um, uh, the, the, the most important uh, uh, capital markets are being run out of the U.S., we want to keep that. We want to make sure that this is still the case 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. And I think that uh, if, if members of Congress will understand that, uh, we, we will all have easier time succeeding in this mission. And so that, this is why I think Crypto for Congress is so important. Uh, if they uh, relate to this as better form of money, just a better form of money for them, uh, for, their, uh, for, for people who vote for them, 
then it's a win-win for the industry. It's a win-win for, uh, for America. And this is why we're excited that you initiated that, Perianne, and happy to support it and, and uh, make sure that uh, we, we continue on with this mission. Yeah, here, here. Um, from uh, another perspective, I mean, I talked to a lot of folks about how digital assets are really coming out of the basement and into the boardroom. It's like this slogan I have now with a lot of digital assets where we really are maturing and professionalizing as an industry. And, you know, this type of initiative is a testament to that, right? And I mean, um, Guy, you mentioned one of the things around, you know, the U.S. maintaining competitiveness on a global platform. Well, this is exactly it. You know, with the recent ruling of the OCC that's designating digital assets and Bitcoin in particular as a financial instrument, if we don't do something as a nation, as an industry to really step up, you know, we will be left behind as the rest of the world digitizes fully. Um, and, you know, uh, something else to bring up is that within core, we've got three sites in three different states, Dalton and three different cities, Dalton, Georgia, Calvert City, Kentucky, and Marble, North Carolina. And these are facilities located in, in opportunity zones for the most part, or areas that, you know, there's a ton of large scale infrastructure that was built in the seventies and sixties. And there aren't that many opportunities for a lot of folks. So to be able to build large scale digital mining facilities really does give a lot of opportunity for people in um, environments and you know regions that could definitely use a lot of this. Um, so that's something that Core is really proud of is the amount of hiring that we're doing, and you know we're we're putting out a couple of things on on policy with Perian and the Digital Chamber team soon uh, that will really ho hopefully get some members uh, of Congress and other uh, folks in that sphere to to take a look and you know really give uh, digital assets and the entire ecosystem a second. Uh, view over because we really are creating jobs for the future. You know, these are high paying, high skilled jobs that, you know, will be there for the foreseeable future. So when you're, you know, dedicating, you know, taxpayer dollars to supporting industries or reducing tariffs, you know, this is something that should definitely be top of mind. Yeah, there's been a, I think a prioritization challenge in, in Washington and in, in politics more generally. As someone who used to work on Capitol Hill, uh, you know, members of Congress, you know, people within the administration, they're being pulled in a lot of different directions. And if you look at where we are today, between the types of issues government is having to respond to, from COVID-19 to the the, stimu the the stimulus programs to uh, you know responding to the economic recession, to immigration issues, uh, to an election, you know, we're in an election year. Uh, there's a lot of big things that are that's pulling members of Congress and, and, and political leaders in, in many different directions. And Guy makes a good point saying, you know, we need to be on the right side of history. And, it, and it's, it's not just being on the right side of history, it's, it's not missing the opportunity. Right. And this community faces a lot of regulatory challenges. I mean, that's the reason why we established the Chamber of Digital Commerce was to be a dedicated resource to government to help them make the right decisions when it comes to this space and to be a source of information so they have the right information to make the right decisions. Um, and because there are so many regulatory challenges, there's a lot of areas where we either need regulatory clarity or regulatory certainty um, in other places where you have a stronger legal framework for businesses to be able to operate and innovate 
with blockchain uh, with blockchain technology in the United States. Where this is a big challenge for us as advocates is it's it, it's difficult to have a conversation about a policy issue if people have no idea what the underlying thing is that you're talking about. Yeah. So really coming out coming out the door with just a basis of simplicity of let's just help people understand what this is and then once people are better educated we'll be in a better position to have better conversations focused on the policy issues um, and putting the technology again in people's hands i, I think is is a you know a, a great way to do that um you know, what, what are some of the, the, the regulatory issues that you guys are most concerned about in terms of where the U.S. is falling behind or um, where, where we need uh, better clarity? You know, from the mining perspective, you know, you mentioned some interesting things. And then, um, you know, Guy on, you know, with eToro and from the exchange perspective, there's a lot of financial services stuff to have to navigate there. Um, so what are the major things that keep you guys up at night? Guy, you want to go ahead? Sure. So I, I think the first problem is not just uh, uh, our industry's problem, is the fact that I, I don't think the regulators themselves know how many laws are on the books and how many regulations are there. Uh, it's, it's just too much. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a, a convoluted mess and maze that takes millions of dollars to navigate in. Uh, and really shut people out from participating in, in markets, not just us, but, but many, many others too. So I, I think the, uh, the matter of overregulation is, is just a serious issue, a red tape that costs the U.S. economy billions of dollars and must be addressed at, at, at the federal level uh, and also the state level to simplify things. I actually, Perian, with your permission, I'd like to answer it actually from the other way around. I think what we've seen with uh, Brian Brooks coming from Coinbase over to the OCC and with what Hester Pierce is doing at the SEC is just a testament of how badly we need just one person, one person uh, that has the, 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 you know, the, the, the guts, wanted to say uh, another world uh, award, but never mind, and, and, the, um, and the belief that this is the right thing and they're fighting from within uh, for the industry, not for the industry, but for, for people to, to be able to enjoy the fruits of, of innovation. And I think what we've seen uh, of recent uh, from the LCC is a result. Uh, I, I don't know, Brian, but I'm pretty sure that he was the catalyst behind it. And what we're seeing from the SEC is, is probably the, the, um, the, 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 uh, out of the result of, of Hester Pearson and, and, and like-minded individual at the SEC. So I think we, we should, and the more this industry will, will mature, the more we will see transition of people from the industry going into these regulators or maybe even become lawmakers and, 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 and pushing it from, uh, um, from within. So, uh, you know, you asked me what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about many, many things, many, many possibilities that can really do us a lot of damage, but I'm also very hopeful seeing uh, uh, th those, those bright spots, right? Th those um, moments where we have a, an advocate, a true advocate, a true champion inside uh, pushing the, the system into the right direction. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy to see that. And I, I want to see more of that. Yeah, no, I definitely echo that. On the, uh, the mining side, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but I really need to reinforce it is, 
you know, the tariffs that have been in place on equipment that's coming out of Asia has been a, a huge impediment to the growth of the North American digital mining scene. Um, you know, I, I would certainly implore the, the folks in Washington to, to take a look at that because that really is, you know, causing a lot of supply chain constraints. You know, the entire uh, manufacturing sector is literally having to retool away from specific geographies so that they can, you know, build up capacity uh, for manufacturing for these needed hardware components for digital mining. Um, that being said, there's, there's a ton of capital at play here. So for the U.S. to really, um, you know, instigate innovation and growth within the sector, uh, incentivization would be would be fantastic. You know, we have uh, TSMC building a factory, uh, a new fab uh, foundry in um, Arizona, and currently actually it's a multi-billion-dollar uh, facility. You know, if we can see more of that or more government grants for being able to come up with the next innovation on the ASIC or algorithmic processing side, I mean, these would all make a, a huge headway for the U.S. to maintain its leadership uh, in technology and especially financial technology, because that's where a lot of digital assets are finding themselves to be uh, put under the umbrella of, right? Right. And um, uh, Guy points out an interesting part of the U.S. Um, regulatory framework from you know, a federal perspective. We have a fragmented regulatory environment where you have many different regulators of jurisdiction of many different areas of the industry. So, you know, the SEC is looking at digital assets as uh, securities. The CFTC is looking at them as commodities. Yep. Benson, you know, is regulating them as currencies. And then the IRS is taxing them as property. So for companies having to navigate through just those four regimes can be an incredibly, and is an incredibly expensive process. And then sometimes there's not coordination or sometimes it's, um, uh, you don't have the clarity to, uh, that, that you need. So, you know, in each one of those is like an entire dedication of law that takes, you know, a, a significant amount of resources just, you know, for anybody to be able to pioneer through that. Um, and that fragmented environment, I think, you know, cuts against the U.S. industry in this space because there's many other countries where they have a, um, a, a simplified regulatory model where you may have just one agency that oversees everything and it's just kind of a one-stop shop. And I think that is one reason why the U.S. Has, has fallen behind, and that's one thing that does work against us. Um, but I think we have plenty of time to catch up, and I think we will. So um, many people are receiving their very first um, Bitcoin this week. Um, this is kind of something that, I mean, for me, was a, you know, a light bulb moment for me was getting my first Bitcoin and like being able to actually see how the technology works. And I learned a lot from that. So I wanted to ask Guy and Taras, um, what was your first Bitcoin moment? Like, where were you? Why? How? What did you learn from that? And was that part of like your journey of being where you are today? So I have a very vivid memory. It wasn't my first experience with Bitcoin because I, I had prior experience with Bitcoin, but uh, I, I had dinner. I, I, I told I told Vinny that Vinny, the founder of Civic, and uh, we had dinner at uh, uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, I think it was 2010 or 2011, and uh, Vinny was already a successful entrepreneur. And we sat, we had dinner at this kind of venture capital uh, hosted din uh, dinner. And he sat in front of me, and for two three hours, he tried to convince me to put $10,000 into, into Bitcoin. And 
all I had to do is just go downstairs to the ATM, take, take out some cash and give it to Vinny and, you know, uh, and, and that was it. And I, I went back home, I, I downloaded a, a wallet and, and um, you know, uh, I did the whole thing, but didn't, didn't follow through at the right time. Uh, so I'll always remember that, that dinner with, uh, uh, with Vinny that turned out to be then, a, you know, crypto entrepreneur with Civic. And that, that is my kind of crypto moment. And uh, I, I, hope, I, I hope I'll have a similar dinner with Vinny sometime in the future where I, I'll get a, a, as valuable of a tip and then I'm going to act on it for sure at the same time, at, at, the, at the right moment. Yeah, my, uh, my first exposure to uh, BTC uh, was many years ago, actually. I was uh, pretty interested in uh, astr astronomy, not astrology. <laughs> And uh, I was looking at the uh, the SETI cloud computing uh, initiative where you could essentially allow your computer to be part of searching for ET. Um, and through uh, some of the you know, corners of the internet, I found BTC and really, uh, really got interested. But as you do when you're younger, I got distracted and completely forgot about it until grad school where a good buddy of mine in finance uh, classes he told me about this crazy thing called BTC that he's been loading up on. And, uh, you know, he's applying some of his student loans against. And uh, sure enough, 10 years, uh, 10 years goes by and, you know, the value definitely changed quite a bit. And I was very surprised. And when I had the last couple thousand of my uh, student loans, he's like, you should, you should buy some. I definitely said no, but uh, I regret that every day. <laughs> Well, uh, guys, Ross, thanks so much for sharing those personal stories. And uh, thanks for joining me today. And thank you for your support with Crypto for Congress. Definitely wouldn't be here without you. Um, it's been a really exciting week. Um, for those who want to learn more about this project, you can go to CryptoForCongress.com or you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at uh, Digital Chamber and Tross uh, and Guy, what's the best uh, way to follow you guys? Uh, LinkedIn or Twitter. Yeah. With eToro, it's just eToro.com. You download eToro, the eToro app. Uh, and with me, it's just, you know, just Google Guy Hirsch, you'll, you'll find me. Same. Uh, find me on uh, CourseScientific.com or on LinkedIn or Twitter. Super easy to find me as well. Thank you for the invitation, Perian. Thanks, guys. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.